it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. The Red Bulls bounce back from a putrid performance versus Columbus with a good enough effort to get past Toronto. We recap the win versus Toronto FC, react to the latest player transactions, and get you set for the big showdown Sunday evening in the City of Angels versus LAFC. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Corbett. He is Alfredo Fumasas. This is the Full of Bulls podcast. A lot to talk about this week. Players coming in from RB2 and on loan. Players going out on loan. Some players still up in the air. Looking at you, Aaron Long, a rebound win over the 2017 MLS Cup champs and a match coming up against the favorites to win 2019 MLS Cup. Of course, follow us on our Twitter page at FOBS on Twitter. Please listen on Anchor FM, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts. Tell your fellow Red Bull fans and loved ones about it. Have them listen. Alfredo, good evening. How's it hanging? Are you enjoying MLS deadline day? (laughs) Anytime the Red Bulls sign a player that's not from the RB2 is a joyous moment, I would say. Yeah, well, they sort of signed someone. They, they, they're, they're borrowing someone, and then they're, they're, they're allowing someone else to be borrowed by another team in USL. We're going to get through all those moves. Uh, they added a new uh, energy can, you know, a new can for uh, Red Bull. I guess it's uh, something that's going to be New York Red Bull centric. You know, that's what that's what they really need to, to really um, to really get the fans excited. But you know. can it score a goal? Can the can score goals or defend? That's what I'm interested about. Uh, own goals though it, it 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 could bounce them off of uh, defenders and into the goal so that, that that's what it can do. <laughs> okay, to what happened this past weekend? The Red Bulls redeemed themselves after the ugly home loss to Columbus with a two nil win over the rival Toronto FC at Red Bull Arena. New acquisition, Reese Buckmaster from RB2, got the start at right back for the Red Bulls after New York signed their 2019 MLS Super Draft pick to an MLS contract during this week. He did make an appearance for the Varsity Club earlier this season in uh, the U.S. Open Cup, but he made his first MLS appearance this past week after a scoreless first half. The Red Bulls got the breakthrough goal via an own goal from Toronto FC. Kamar Lawrence added another goal in stoppage time for the final scoreline of the evening. Daniel Warrior did miss his first ever penalty kick in MLS moments after the Red Bulls got the own goal to take the 1-0 lead. Uh, I think um, Luis Robles, I wrote down, I I don't have it with me. I think he had three saves, so another shutout for the captain. Good for him. Red Bulls now in third place in the Eastern Conference. 37 points after 24 games played, five points behind Philly for first place. New York City FC, two points behind the Red Bulls in fifth place. It could leapfrog their rivals to the west of the Hudson River tomorrow night. This is we're recording Wednesday night. They could jump the Red Bulls Thursday night because they play Houston at Yankee Stadium. And also they play, uh, I think, on Sunday before the Red Bulls start. So they can maybe have a few point lead ahead of the Red Bulls before they take the field Sunday evening out in L.A. Uh, 
Okay, I had said it last week when we were crushing them after losing to Columbus. Watch, they'll probably come back this week and beat Toronto, and everything will be gravy once again. And, you know, it's just a bump on the road. This is back to the way the Red Bulls play. And uh, that wasn't them, what you saw last week. Um, yeah, I mean, what it is, Alfredo, for this game, you know, it's great that they won 2 0. They were able to bounce back. They didn't lose. They were able to come back, get three points over a team that they're fighting with in the standings, a team that's a rival of theirs, a team that they sort of played better than a few weeks earlier but lost to up in Toronto. Um, you know, just this is probably both games, both the the game against uh, Columbus when they lost and this past game against Toronto, it's probably a perfect depiction of what the New York Red Bulls are in their culture, meaning – any given week, they could be world beaters and they could be, you know, you know, crap. You know, that's that's you know what you saw against Columbus. Yes, that is their culture. That's what they do. You know, they they lay eggs like that. Games like this against Toronto FC, yeah, you know, when it seems like their backs are up against the wall, they come out and they fight and they get the three points. This is what you can get any any given week with the Red Bulls. It's not as if, oh, one was a blip on the radio, one was, oh, they're playing over their heads. Yeah, they could play this way any week and against any opponent too. It's, you know, it, it doesn't make a difference who the opponent is. This is what the Red Bulls are, and we don't really know what to expect. Well, it, it could have gone uh, a lot worse for the Red Bulls were uh, Luis Robles not had uh, – Three very good saves, at least two very good saves in the first half. Mm -hmm. uh, one that he saved the hit off the post. The other one that the ball comes across his goal and on on a pure uh, reflex uh, reflex save he saves that. Um, and then the rebels get the the fortuitous uh, you know bounce that uh, puts him um, on the board. But I I think that you know the Toronto has to be disappointed that they didn't go into the locker room in the, at the end of the first half uh leading that game and certainly if the if Toronto puts a couple of those uh chances away we're mm -hmm. talking about a, a different game altogether uh for the second half but the, you know the the Red Bulls uh did well i think that uh, towards the end of the game Toronto's got to come forward they uh, uh the Red Bulls are always going to explore the counter and uh, uh and they were able to surprise uh Toronto uh, one of them with the with the denying a goal score opportunity on BWP that uh, cost them a red card, but that was in the dying minutes of uh, of the second half. But nonetheless, uh, the Rebels able to get the the result. And can I just say that Reese Buckmaster yes. is right up there with perhaps uh, some of the best uh, porn names uh, for porn actors. Yeah. I, I love that name. Re Reese remember, remember, jo remember Johnny Steele who played with the Red Bulls a few years ago from uh, There's another Ireland. one. That, that was that was a good one too. That was it. But Reese Buckmaster is right up there. And if I saw Reese Buckmaster in the credits of some 80s porn, yeah. uh, I wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah, I, I didn't see exactly. I think he might be from Illinois or Indiana. Where, where yeah, he's from I, the I, Midwest. Yeah, he's from the Midwest. But it wouldn't be surprising if he was from uh, the San Fernando Valley where they, they shoot all the porns. Yeah, San <laughs> no, he's from the Midwest, and that's why he's kind of yeah. almost named after maybe a, a, a name of a rifle, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, shucks, and he just walks into the like a home of uh, sorority chicks, and then he just 
has his way with all of them. Okay. All right, Get all right, good in but, production. But, but, but speaking of the Buckmaster, when you saw him sign early in the week, you know, a few days beforehand, right away you know, uh, that means he he's not only playing on Saturday, he's starting because they've done this before the Red Bulls. So he makes his first start in MLS with the varsity club. How, how do you think he, um, he did for himself Saturday night against a team like Toronto? I actually thought that he had a pretty uh, pretty decent game. Uh, and when you when you look at the, the signing, yes, we're always going to scratch our heads and and say, well, here comes another RB two player. But I thought he he did pretty well. But that also speaks volumes of the depth at the the right back position for the Rebels. Uh, so I know Connor Lade plays on both sides. So apparently he's not deserve. And I'm talking because I don't know uh, what the injury list looks like. So we're talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, you know, Reese Buckma- Buckmaster is better than Connor Lade, in, in my opinion, or even in Chris Armis's opinion. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Kyle Duncan is a, a forgotten thought. And again, I don't know if he's injured or not, but, uh, you know, and then Michael Murillo has been uh, at his best. He's, he's a good player. He's perhaps one of the best right backs in this league, uh, but he's capable of running the gamut of uh of emotions yeah. uh oh not emotions but of 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 playing form he's either uh playing well or he's making dumb rookie mistakes that oftentimes end up uh costing uh the rebels as i was talking earlier about the red bulls culture you don't know what you're gonna get he's perfect he's a perfect red bulls player one week you know he could be mls team of the week the other week he could be how the hell is this guy playing professional soccer, let alone playing in a league like Major League Soccer? So that's why he's a perfect fit for the Red Bulls. That's why he could have a good 10 to 12, 15, 19-year career at Red Bull Arena out there at Harrison. And look, this is a guy that played in the World Cup. I think that when you're used to playing at these stages, you're constantly called to the national team. You have to find some consistency behind your game you have to be focused. Uh, you have to be a professional, mm-hmm. and you have to be committed to the team. and And when you see this, these uh, wavering levels of consistencies that go up and down, you have to question to see where does this guy lose himself? Where does he lose focus? Where does he get sidetracked? Uh, is he not engaged enough in the rebels' play that he just loses his head? Or what's the deal? Uh, so, you know, I like Mourinho, uh, on his best days, I think he's awesome, as I mentioned, but, uh, on his worst days, my God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some other stuff from, uh, the, I don't know if anything else you want to take away from this match. As I said, you know, all right. It, it's take good. the three they, points. Yeah. You three points and then you, you move on to, ooh, what, what can happen this week? All right. But before we get to the match out there in, uh, California against LAFC. Just some other Red Bulls news of notes. Some players coming in, some coming out. Uh, one that's, you know, we talked about it twice uh, on the podcast before, just the rumors surrounding Aaron Long. Taylor Twelman tweeted something about where I guess the Red Bulls are looking $15 million for Aaron Long. I mean, that's, that's a little crazy, especially since, you know, you know, Tyler Adams didn't go for that much, although it's not as if they were getting any money for Tyler Adams because he was going to another team in the Red Bull family. So, yeah, yeah. F- $15 million for Aaron Long. 
uh, I guess they want to at least try to hold on to him for one more year, or at least it's just negotiating, uh, negotiating ploy. See if they got another team. They maybe come up, maybe uh, you know, because they were looking at around you know three million. So maybe they're looking to get a team up from like seven or eight million before they say okay. It's it's a very hefty price tag for an MLS player, yeah. uh, and especially it's such a, a short period of time with him. Too. Right, it's and, not like a player that's been there four or five years. He was sort of lost out there in Seattle. Came to the Red Bulls, played at RB two where he won uh, Defender of the Year. Then he came to you know up to the Red Bulls last year, got MLS Defender of the Year. Just starting to break into the U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, and you know, not necessarily as an old. You know, he's 26, going on 27, so he's up there in age. Although it's not as if necessarily he's he's winding down. He could be, you know, just a late bloomer. But yeah, it's uh, you know, 15 million. It's a, it's a lot of money for a player of that age from the MLS, and especially um, for a team outside of England, because as you know. Uh, the English clubs with their TV rights and the portions that they get have a little bit of bigger budgets than some of the teams in Europe. Yeah. Uh, and if there was any team that could come and snap them up for something close to 15 million, I don't know if it would be 15 million, would be a team from the from the Premier League. But I don't think it will be one of the big clubs. And the thing is, he can't really go to the Premier League right now because well, that, of that's his, the other uh, thing. Uh, work permit in the in the United Kingdom where he hasn't played in 60% of the men's, uh, the U.S. men's team over the last two years. He hasn't played. In, uh, I mean, he'll soon be able, he'll, he'll soon reach that quota probably this upcoming, you know, in, in 2020. You know, you, you count in all the games he played here, 2019 and, and going into 2020. You know, he'll get there. But, yeah, he, he, he he's not there just yet. He could go to a place like France or Italy or, or another league over in Europe. But if his heart's set on going to the Premier League, that's going to at least have to wait for another year. Yeah. And, look, I, I get that uh, the Red Bulls are trying to hold on to the player and the MLS is trying to establish themselves as uh, one of the better leagues in the world. Uh, and, hence, you know, protecting their players uh but really what you're doing here you you're preventing a player who is reaching or perhaps at his peak of his career right now you're preventing him to, to follow his dream and to to achieve some of his dreams which would be to play in europe uh so i i don't know how that sits with Heron long but certainly uh he has to be thinking well did this this was going to be my my biggest opportunity. If it's France, it's France. Next year, maybe I'll hop over to England. But I mean, even the French league uh, is very competitive, and it, it there's a lot of good talent in the French league. And I think that uh, the Red Bulls, uh, like I said, they're protecting their player, but I think in in essence they're kind of doing a disservice to Aaron Long. Well, as we said, these are all rumors and stuff like right. that, so we don't know what exactly is concrete. You know, it could have just they could have been talking in in general about hey, you know, we might, you know, would you be interested in this amount? They go, oh, how about this amount? Like, oh, it's a little too much for us. So we don't know if there's any real concrete offers. We don't know if necessarily Aaron Long is pushing for a move. I think he did say, yeah, it would be great. It'd be a dream to be able to play in the Premier League. But also, that's not really realistic right now. So he, he might be more than willing to, to wait it out until he, he's able to meet the quota to get the, the UK work permit. 
you know, he might not have interest in going playing in France or going and playing in, in, in Germany at the moment. So, yeah, who knows? Uh, I, yeah, we'll probably find out, you know, soon enough just with some of these transfer windows coming up in, in Europe. We'll see what happens. Speaking of England, the Red Bulls are getting an English international for someone from uh, the England U20 uh, uh, setup. Josh Sims is coming over to the Red Bulls on loan from Southampton of the Premier League. Uh, he was on loan last year at Reading before returning to Southampton, where he played in seven games in the Premier League as they were fighting for survival. Um, he made his debut, I think, back in 2016. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what really – he's a young guy. He, he's – the thing is, he's going to be a young guy coming over to uh, a foreign country, the United States. He's coming into uh, a league where you know teams are heading into their the, the stretch run for the playoffs and stuff like that. So he's joining uh, the Red Bulls now, looking to break into a side, you know, playing against you know professionals. Maybe not what you're going to find in the Premier League. But coming into a league that he's not familiar with, coming over to a country, I don't know how familiar he is with the United States, how many times he's been over. You can visit here a bunch of times, but if you haven't lived here, it's, it's something completely different. Getting acclimated here in August as as you're fighting for playoff positioning, I don't know. He, yeah. This guy's is a lot of pressure being put, going to be put on this kid to, to, to get started right away. And, of course, you know, Dennis Hamlet, the same – we evaluate a lot of our options, and they, uh, you know, experience fits in. Their his style of play fits in with our culture. Blah blah blah. Typical Red Bull talk that they give to you. But I, I don't know. This is. Yeah. Look. Uh, to to me, the, and I'm not. I don't want to question the guy's uh, worth or, or ability, uh, because I probably won't do that until I actually see him play. Yeah. Uh, but to me, the biggest factor is that, as you mentioned, the MLS is in their final stretch. Uh, this kid, which he's, he's basically a kid, is young enough. Yeah, he is just finishing preseason for his club. Uh, I don't know how many minutes he has gotten in the preseason and scrimmages, whatnot. But he reaches the MLS, where the MLS is already into the high gear and headed into the final stretch. Um, there's always an adaptation period that. Players from Europe have, have to get used to it, the physicality of the game, the speed of the game, uh, the way teams uh, play here. Uh, and I think that he probably – I don't even know if he's going to be at the ideal fitness to go and start for the Rebels. I think that from what I've seen, um, he could be a, a valuable player for the Rebels. He's he's fast. He's got fast feet. He likes to take players on. He likes to to go one on one against guys. And I think that the the Rebels uh, are lacking perhaps a guy that could do that right now. That is as direct as Sims is when it comes to one on one. So I think he adds an extra wrinkle to the Rebels when it comes to that. My my biggest question is how long will it take Sims? Uh, to be at the fitness levels of his of his of his teammates, not to mention the rebels like to apply the high press, which is something that takes a level of lung that you need to have in order to have that. So I don't know how well Sims is going to adapt, especially at the stage of the MLS season. Yeah, 
I mean, it, it could be intriguing. I remember when, you know, Daniel Roy w- was coming over. I was, you know, who's this guy? But he's turned out to be a very solid addition for the Red Bulls. If he, you know, if Sims can be something similar to what, what they got out of Roy, that'd be great. You know, just another option for, for them up front along with Kaku, you know, so, someone else for him to to work with as well. It'd be great, but coming over here, getting used to uh, – well, it's not as if he has to get used to the language. I mean, it is a little different here and there. This is sort of a, the Brits version of English compared to our proper version of English. But, uh, uh, yeah, but, yeah, it, it's it's not something where um, – It's going to be uh, interesting. Yeah, it really blows our socks off. But maybe, maybe, maybe he'll fool us, you know. All right, some other guys who are going out. Marcus Epps, I think we were talking off the air about him. Uh, he just got loaned. Yeah, we were talking. I don't think we were talking on the air. I think we were talking off the air about him. He just got loaned out to Memphis 901 for the rest of the season. Memphis 901 in the USL Championship along with RB2. Epps had made three appearances, and he actually started once for the Red Bulls in MLS this year. And he had 18 appearances with uh, 16 starts for RB2 with two goals. Um, it's either that they're, they have no spot for him anymore, they don't really want him around. Or it could be also RB2s look more for developmental for their younger players. So maybe they think, you know, they still want to maybe keep Mar- – hold on to Marcus Epps, see how he does, and possibly with some of the guys who could be leaving this offseason, such as Aaron Long, Mario, whatever those guys that, you know, they may be out. Then maybe they just – if they see enough of Marcus Epps, they still hold on to him. And then, yeah, Or it could just be where – because I thought if if they were really not interested in it anymore, they would have just made it a permanent move, or they would have cut them. Because there, there was there was guys that were, I remember last year were contributing to RB two that they just waived, and those guys right away got picked up by USL teams and came back to haunt the RB two. But you know what they what RB two is based upon compared to actually really being a team competitive in USL championship. Although they are though they're one of the better teams, unlike some other. MLS teams that uh, have their reserve teams, as you want to say, in, in the USL championship. Yeah, what I had read somewhere uh, through this this whole Sims uh, acquisition or, or loan deal is that... Oh, you mean it, Epps? Well, no, with Sims. Oh, Sims. What, okay. what I had read was that uh, the Rebels would now have to create a spot or open up a spot for Sims. Mm. And I don't know how accurate that is. And I don't know if I read that right. But from what I understand, the Rebels would need to uh, clear up a, a roster spot in order for Sims to fit in. So maybe that's where this Epps thing uh, comes in. I don't know. Yeah. You still want to hold on to whatever your homegrown guys there with RB2 and someone like Epps, who they just brought in this past offseason through the MLS waiver draft. Uh, yeah, someone that you, you still might have interest in, but you know you don't prioritize him getting a lot of minutes at RB two compared to your homegrown guys. So we'll see how he does on loan at Memphis, and uh, best of wishes to him. Also, another big um, big launch here. Red Bull launched, uh, I guess, launching a new New York Red Bulls can. Um, I think they've done this before. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, seeing that you know, picking up at the local grocer. All right. But uh, speaking of RB two, they beat St. Louis FC two nil last Friday at home. Two goals from Sebastian Elney, who also made the USL Championship team in a week. RB two plays this Saturday at Hartford Atlantic Athletic 
if anyone wants to make the ride up there. Okay, the big one this Sunday evening, which um, I'm going to get to the, the time of it in a second. I, I want to crush um, Major League Soccer once again. The Red Bulls make their first ever trip to Bank of California Stadium for a Sunday evening encounter with high-flying LAFC. All right, this is more MLS national television garbage. The game will be live 10 p.m. on Fox Sports 1 on a Sunday evening. This is ridiculous that they have the Red Bulls, a team from the East Coast, playing a Sunday night game at that time. If it was Saturday night, fine. You know, Red Bull fans will stay up 10 p.m. Saturday night. You know, they'll watch that game and have live PD on their their the other TVs or their laptops or whatever. Or Friday night, and you know, that's fine. You're gonna make the Red Bulls play 10 p.m. on a Sunday evening just for a nationally televised game. I, I know they have another game at 7:30, but well, why could I'll tell this, you? Why could this you. game be like 7 p.m. on Fox Sports One? I'll, that, I'll it's just it's just crap. I'll tell you uh, what they got going on as far as games on Sunday. You got Atlanta United. Uh, versus New York City FC at 4 p.m. You got Philadelphia Union, which leads the East uh, uh, against Houston Dynamo, so it should be a good matchup at 6 p.m. Uh, then uh, at 7.30, which would be the slot that you would hoping that this game got slotted for, you got the big matchup between Rooney and uh, Zlatan, uh, and maybe that's why they got pushed to uh, 10 o'clock. That's the only thing I can think of because you know TVs, they TV channels, they they determine what game gets played at what time. Then, and, then uh, this this game should have been played Saturday evening. Put this game on Saturday evening on Unimas or you know have it on Fox Sports Two, whatever. It's ridiculous that this is being played. A team from New York playing on a Sunday night when people have to go to work Monday morning that you play in this game at 10 p.m. That's crap. It's not like it's Major League Baseball where you have 162 games and all right, you know, maybe the Yankees get stuck, you know, 10 p.m. games, you know, out on the West Coast because over the course of 162 games, if you miss a few of those, it's fine. But you talk about Major League Soccer, where you have a 30, was it 34, 38 game season, you know, on one of them you're gonna put at that time slot just so you can have it on nationally televised TV. Just it's just more more crap that the MLS has to get worked out. They really do, and not only that with the, you know the flying where you can only fly charter so many times a year. That that's that's for another day. But regardless of that, whenever regardless of when they're playing it, it it's going to be a real challenge for the Red Bulls. LAFC leading all of MLS with 52 points after 23 games played, at 16 wins, three losses, and four draws. Not bad by Bob Bradley's crew. LAFC unbeaten at home, nine wins and a draw. Red Bulls did beat L.A. last year 2-1 to one at Red Bull Arena in their first ever encounter. LAFC, pick your poison, Alfredo. You got Carlos Vela with 22 goals already on the season. Diego Rossi is also rumored to be in some you know, possible transfer news to possibly go overseas, maybe to Italy. Uh, he's got 13 goals himself. They just added Brian Rodriguez as a DP today, rumored to be about $11 million transfer free. LAFC, 61 goals in 23 games played. The Red Bulls have scored 41 times in 24 games. Uh, needless to say, Alfredo, the Red Bulls back four, they're going to have their hands full Sunday evening. 
Yeah, they're yeah. going to have their hands full and then some. Uh, I think that, uh, look, uh, we've all seen what the Rebels are able to do in front of national TV. And I think if there's some excitement about watching these Rebels this season has been that you never know what Rebels you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when you expect them to be at their worst, that's when they're at their best and vice versa. So I'm I'm curious to see how the Rebels stack up against this LAFC team who has been dominating the league, uh, who has enough talent and plays a very attractive style of soccer, uh, and they deserve to be top of the league. I'm I'm curious as to what the approach is going to be, whether Chris Armas says, we want to be playoff teams. This is our chance to prove our medal. This is our, our chance of, of proving that we're, we're real contenders, so let's go out there and play hard. I don't know. And uh, oftentimes teams get up to play against teams that have been dominating throughout the league because they want to be that one team that, that beats them. So I'm curious to see what Red Bulls are going to show up on what type of motivation. Curious to see whether Amro Tarek is back uh, in, uh, in the defense with Aaron Long and, and Parker. I don't, there's all these uh, these things that I'm curious about and excited about at the same time. Yeah, we'll see what culture of the Red Bulls uh, sh- shows up this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, approaching the match, h- how do you go about doing it? Do you, I mean, I-, I don't think you could just sit back and try to absorb their punches. I, I-, I think you have to. Well, you got to go with you, the you, press. Yeah, you got to go with the press because you got to. Yeah, and it can't be something like you you're chicken out of it against like you did against Atlanta last year in the playoffs. Yeah, you you got you got to go, you know, full full blown with it. So, you, yeah, you got to limit the touches that they have on the ball because LAFC with the with time on the ball, they're able to play around you and play you out of the park. So the Rebels press has to be uh, right. It has to be with the right timing. Uh, and the Rebels just can't walk in, into uh, that stadium or that pitch and think that they're inferior to uh, LAFC, which on paper they are. But mentally, you can't think that you are. And you got to go and, and you you feel that it's 11 against 11 and I have as much of a chance of winning this game as the home team. So that's the approach that you got to take. You, you can't withdraw and give the ball to L.A. because they will murder you. Yeah, and just looking ahead to some of the games coming up, they got next Saturday against New England, then uh, following Wednesday the 21st at D.C. United, then Saturday, August 24th at New York City FC. So this is the second of that real tough uh, gauntlet uh, of matches. Uh, they they survived the first one against Toronto FC. Uh, this week, you know, if they can get anything out of this game out there in uh, California, that would you know that would go it could go a long way for the Red Bulls this season and them in, in developing their culture. Uh, all right, I guess yeah, we'll put a bow on it right there for this week, Alfredo. Uh, Anything else? Are you excited for the Premier League uh, transfer uh, deadline day tomorrow on, on Thursday? I mean, some people might be listening to us as it's going on. Uh, yeah, with um, with Manchester United, I'm not expecting anything else. Uh, it's going to be disappointment. Uh, I, I don't know uh, you know, what match I'm maybe uh, dreading more th- this Sunday, the, the Red Bulls versus LAFC or Manchester United versus Chelsea. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, look, I – 
but I'm happy that uh, we're gonna have soccer every weekend now for yeah. uh, until the spring of next year. Well, the morning, afternoon, and evenings the way it works out That's on right. the, the the weekends. That's absolutely right. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to have soccer back, and and most of the main leagues in Europe will be back uh, this week. I know that uh, Spain and Italy usually start a little later, uh, but nonetheless, you got England, you got the the Eredivisie, Eredivisie. Oh, the, the Dutch, Dutch league. Yeah, we just call them the, the Dutch. Uh, you also got the Bundesliga going. You got the Portuguese league going. I yeah. mean, the, the, there's a lot of uh, even the the French league. All all leagues are gone. Yep, and you got the 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 U.S. Open Cup going on right now. I think Atlanta yeah, beat Orlando. You got the Canadian Cups going on right now as we speak. Minnesota so beat Portland. Ah, okay. Minnesota, good for them. So you got Minnesota, and I think Atlanta is going to host the, the the championship. I believe. Yeah. So, all right. Well, congrats to those teams, Alfredo. Great talking to you and enjoy your weekend. And I'll talk to you next week. Okay, buddy. Take care, everyone. All right. For Alfredo Fumasas, I'm Mike Corbett. Thanks for listening to the Full of Balls podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening.